Great. Thank you, Carol, very much. Let's pray, shall we, as we come to look at that passage together. We were singing earlier, weren't we, of the word of life which fires us, which speaks to our hearts and sets our souls ablaze. And Lord, that's our prayer this morning. We pray that as your word comes among us, as it's opened up, uh, that you would set our hearts on fire with love for you and a desire to serve you uh, forevermore. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to start by asking you a question and encouraging you to discuss it among yourselves. Uh, It's a very straightforward question. Uh, What was your favourite Christmas present and why? What was your favourite Christmas present and why? A minute to think about it and discuss, and I'm going to come around with a stick mic and we're going to have some answers, okay? So there you go. Who wants to tell us what their favourite Christmas present and why was? Or maybe the person you talked to had a really good one, you want to sort of tell them. Anyone, anyone wants to share first? What was their favourite Christmas present? Yes, Emily. Hang on, let's... The mic, what was yours? My watch. My watch, brilliant, that's great. And why, why was it your favourite present? Because I'm learning to tell the time. Great, great answer, brilliant, well done. Anyone else? Favourite Christmas present? Come on, somebody, go for it. Being of a certain age, I got a book and some chocolates with the intention of sitting quietly in a corner and enjoying both. Brilliant. Great. That's a great answer as well, isn't it? Anyone else? Favourite Christmas presents? Yes. We rented a big house so the whole family could be together for a week. Oh, brilliant. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's pretty good. Uh, One more, if anyone wants to share. Favourite Christmas present? Yes, Jill. Most excellent I've had all Christmas, I think. <laughs> my favourite was my granddaughter coming home just before Christmas after a year in Great Ormond Street. Oh, that's a great present. Yep. Have a Christmas present. I had a call from Canada to wish me a happy Oh. It was lovely. That's all good, isn't it? He'd been away for two years. Rachel, I'm being told you've got a favourite Christmas present. What about me? I've got mine. I'll show, okay, I'll show you mine. Let me show you mine. I brought mine with me. This is my favourite Christmas present. Uh, some of you will appreciate this. Most of you probably won't at all. But this is my favourite Christmas present. This is the Essential Wisdom, uh, an anthology of 150 years of Wisdom's Cricketer's Almanac. Look at that. That is um, 1,050. 79 pages of pure cricketing writing brilliance for me to devour. That was my favourite Christmas present. Uh, why am I telling you about, asking you about favourite Christmas presents? Well, for a start, they're all different, aren't they? Um, but a well-chosen present tells us something about the person who's receiving it, doesn't it? So Emily talked about her watch, uh, didn't she? Uh, and that was probably given to her because somebody knows that she's wanting to learn to, how to tell the time. You need a watch, don't you, to, uh, to do that. Uh, somebody who gave me uh, that uh, copy of Wisdom knows that I love cricket, and it's great to be able to sit and read it. Uh, someone who gave chocolates and, uh, and some, uh, and, and can't remember what the present was now, sorry, <laughs> a book, there we are, knows that that's a person who wants peace and quiet. What we uh, give somebody, hopefully, if it's well chosen, uh, should tell us something about the person uh, who's receiving it. Uh, and in that uh, little passage that, um, that uh, Carol read for us, Uh, we see, don't we, uh, Jesus being given three presents. Now, they are slightly unusual presents, aren't they? Especially for a baby. 
Um, you know, they're not the sort of thing that you'd go and pick up in Mothercare, uh, for example. But they tell us something about Jesus. They are quite significant. And I want to just spend the next uh, few, few minutes uh, thinking about them and thinking about what they tell us about who Jesus is and why he's come. And I'm going to need some, uh, a couple of volunteers to help me do some present openings. So let's have a look at the first one. If someone wants to come and open this present for me. Anyone? Anyone? Go on, Emily, come on forwards. Yep, you do some present opening. Brilliant. Why, can you open that present for me? Thank you very much. Oops, and tell us what it is. I have to say, I think this is probably the best present of all of them, actually. So I um, don't want to put you off, but there we are. What have you got there? Gold chocolate coins, that's right, that's right. Thank you very much. And that's reminding us that Jesus was given gold uh, when he was a little baby. Where should I put the wrapper? Uh, just put it on the floor, it's alright, I'll clean it up. That's okay. Now, does anybody know why Jesus was given gold? Any guesses? Who knows? Probably wasn't gold chocolate coins, but uh, <laughs> they were the best I could do. Any thoughts? Because he was a king, yeah, that's right. Uh, it's, uh, gold is, is a present fit for a king, isn't it? So uh, one of the, the names that gets given to gold uh, is that it's called the king of metals. Uh, it's, it's sort of the symbol, symbol isn't it, of, of a most precious uh, metal. And, and it reminds us that baby Jesus was actually the king of kings and the lord of lords. So, oh, sorry, I think I've been eating them, so there's a hole in the bag, I'm afraid. Jesus was the King of Kings uh, and the Lord of Lords. Uh, if you were here last week, you remember that we were looking at uh, Luke's account of when Jesus was born. And remember what the angel said to the shepherds. Uh, so, uh, a a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Now, Christ wasn't Jesus' surname. It wasn't Jesus Christ as in I'm William Warren. Christ is his title. It tells us something about who he is. It's, it's like a King uh, Jesus. And the gold that the, that the, uh, the kings uh, gave to, uh, or the wise men gave to Jesus, reminds us that Jesus is the King of Kings. He's the Messiah in the Bible's language, or the Christ, the King that God had promised uh, from ages past. Uh, and many years ago, there was a, a play written about Jesus by a lady called uh, Dorothy L. Sears, who used to write detective stories, and it was called The Man Born to Be King. It was a very good title, actually, isn't it, when you think about it? Because that's exactly what Jesus was. He was the man born to be king. Didn't look like it, admittedly, in a manger, in a, uh, you know, a drafty stable or a cave or wherever it happened to be where he was actually born. He was born in poverty. Didn't seem like he was born to any particularly illustrious parents, but that's who he was. He was the man born to be king. And he was a king actually so powerful that the other king, King Herod, uh, tried to kill him. But whatever else we should remember, we should remember that Jesus uh, is the king. And he is the, uh, the Lord of Lords. And he demands our obedience and our respect. So I was thinking it's a little bit like this. I'm uh, a great fan of, um, of the sea. If I can get my um, slides up. There we go. I'm a great fan of going by the sea, as I'm sure many of you are. It's one of the best things about being in Norfolk, isn't it? Uh, being able to go and visit the sea. On a lovely sunny day, it's amazing, isn't it? It's great to, to dive in the sea and enjoy uh, being refreshed by, by going for a swim. But actually, when the waves are up, when it's stormy, as it was the, this, well, this week when I went uh, by, the, by the sea, you've got to be careful, haven't you? Uh, otherwise, if you go in there, you could get uh, swept away, and it could be dangerous. 
And I think that reminds us a little bit about what it's like to be with Jesus. Uh, Jesus is our loving king. Yes, he welcomes us as uh, our our friend. Uh, He wants to know us and he loves us. But actually, he's also the king. And we need to give him uh, respect and obedience as well. Thank you, Emily. Do take a seat. That's brilliant. Thank you. I'm sorry about your coins falling about everywhere. You can take them with you. Yeah, that's okay. Don't worry. Great stuff. What about the next present? Well, can somebody help me open the next present? Anybody? This is a slightly less fun present, I have to be honest, but there we go. Anybody? Timothy, do you want to come and open the present? No. Sorry. Hannah, you're going to come and open the presents. Come and open the presents. And you'll bring your mum as well. Brilliant. So you come on. Why don't you have a go at opening that present for us? There we go. See what's in it. It's really dreadful wrapping, I'm afraid. You wouldn't know I used to wrap presents for a living once. <laughs> Ooh, we've got more help here. It's a particularly hard present to open. Oh, I think we might be there. I tell you what, guys, if you stay there, you can open the next one. Brilliant. Now, you probably aren't going to be able to read what that is, aren't you? Perhaps Rachel can read that for us. There we go, there we go, there we are, there we go. This is uh, frankincense oil. Thank you very much, guys, thank you very much. This is frankincense oil. I had a special trip to Holland and Barrett to get this. Uh, it's available. <laughs> I don't think that's uh, where the wise men uh, got their uh, frankincense uh, oil from. Uh, but frankincense was a uh, very kind of rich and precious um, essence that you, you got from um, sort of Arabia and, uh, and, and Africa. But why um, would we have frankincense? Why would Jesus be given frankincense? Any ideas? Slightly more difficult one than gold, I think. Any thoughts? Kings be anointed. Good, good, good guess. Yes, sort of, sort of, yeah. What's that, Peter? Prayers to God. Yeah, that's, 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 that's more what I was thinking about. It's actually a reminder that Jesus came to be our priest. So frankincense was mainly used uh, in the temple. Uh, in the old Jewish uh, sort of temple uh, worship system, it was very different to coming to church as we are this morning. Uh, you would come and uh, there would be a group of special people called priests who would offer up sacrifices and they would offer up prayers and there would be lots of incense and lots of smoke. Uh, and it was all very kind of complicated and frankincense had a big part to play in that. Uh, they would use frankincense in the sacrifices and, and when they were... Uh, they were, uh, were um, uh, were, were praying um, as well. And that was a very complicated system. And it was kind of summed up by the fact that uh, at the back of the temple, there was one area where nobody could go except the great high priest once a, uh, once a year. And it was covered up by a curtain. It was a curtain as thick as my hand. And it was all uh, sort of demonstrating that Jesus, or I suppose that God, is, is, is basically um, unapproachable. For us. There's something about God that is different. He is holy. And we as human beings can't ordinarily just rush into God's presence and, and enjoy him. And all that kind of system, all the, the, the priests and the, uh, and the sacrificial system was all designed to emphasize that for God's people. That God is special. There's something uh, holy about God. He's set apart uh, from the rest of us. But that gift of frankincense reminds us that actually Jesus came in order to, uh, to, to build a bridge, as it were, between us and God. He came to be our 
priest. Uh, Why do we not have priests in that same sense now? Uh, Why do we not spend our Sundays sacrificing bulls and goats? It's because we have Jesus. Jesus came to be our great high priest. Uh, We approach God through him. It's why we pray. When we pray, we pray in Jesus' name. Because we pray, because he is seated at the right hand of the Father, we pray uh, through Jesus. Remember what happened when Jesus died on the cross. The uh, temple curtain was torn in two, wasn't it, from top to bottom. As a kind of dramatic sign of what had happened. That through Jesus, we can have access uh, to God. We can uh, know God through him. In fact, actually, it's more than that, because Jesus was God. And it's God coming uh, to seek us out. I don't know if you uh, recognise this picture at all. Some of you of a certain age might do. Do you know who this is? JFK, that's right. JFK is the man at the desk. And who is that uh, at his feet? Trick question. It's also JFK, I think. (laughs) It's his son. Yes, it's his son, John. Uh, That's a picture, I think it appeared in Time magazine. Uh, It's quite a number of years ago. And uh, I, I thought that, that sort of captures something of uh, what Jesus achieved for us, in a sense. Uh, you and I can't just walk into the Oval Office. <laughs> uh, that's not how it works. If we were to, to walk in, we'd uh, get arrested or something like that. Uh, the son of the president can do. And no doubt, if we went with the right person, we had the right security passes and all those sort of things, we would be able to enter it as well. And it's just a reminder for us that actually it's through Jesus that we have access to the Father. Actually, more importantly than having access to the President of the United States, be able to go in the Oval Office, you and I have access to the Father on his throne through our Lord Jesus. And all that happens because Jesus is our priest, and that's what frankincense uh, reminds us of. Let's have a look at this last present. Well done, guys, for, for waiting patiently. Do you want to uh, open this uh, last present for me? Thank you very much. Have a go. What have we got? <coughs> Sorry, this is really bad wrapping. It's getting worse and worse, isn't it? I think. <laughs> Great. What do you think these are? Have a guess. What do you reckon it is, Rebecca? What do you think? It's kind of pull it. What do you think? It's a bandage. Yeah, that's right. It is a bandage. Yeah, it is a bandage. Uh, I couldn't get any myrrh from Holland Barrett. They'd sold out of myrrh. <laughs> if they ever have it in stock at all, I don't know. Um, but uh, the nearest thing I could get to representing myrrh was a, a bandage. And the reason I could um, get, say, um, a, a bandage was because that myrrh was used to embalm the bodies of the dead. Uh, rather darker. It was a bit, uh, the actual uh, myrrh is actually quite similar to frankincense. It comes from a similar part of the world. It's, it's all kind of quite, quite similar, really. But it was used for a very different purpose. And it was to embalm the bodies of those who died. We don't do that anymore, but in some cultures in the world, they still do that. They would wrap a, a person up uh, in, uh, in sort of bandages and cloths, and they would sort of um, impregnate the, the bandage uh, with, the, with the myrrh and, uh, and embalm somebody like that. 
And myrrh is a reminder, and it's a rather dark reminder, I suppose, that actually Jesus came ultimately uh, to die. Even as a baby, his destiny was uh, clear for us. He came to give his life for the world. You might remember when uh, Mary and Joseph took Jesus uh, to the temple. Uh, There were the words of Simeon, the the, the old man who'd been waiting for the promised Messiah. And he said to Mary, he said, this uh, baby will be the cause of of the falling and rising of many in Israel. And a sword will pierce your heart also. And again, it was a reference. It's a reminder that Jesus uh, came ultimately uh, to die. Uh, The shadow of death hung over him. That leads us to our uh, next uh, picture. This is the, uh, if I can get it up. There we go. This is the uh, picture I was thinking. You might know this picture possibly. This is about a picture called The Shadow of Death by a man called Holman Hunt. Uh, Holman Hunt is mostly famous for painting the picture of the light of the world, which we uh, probably are quite familiar with. And there's a copy of it on one of the stained glass windows uh, over there. But this is another picture uh, that he painted around the same time. It's called The Shadow of Death. Uh, that's Jesus in the middle. Uh, Jesus is a young man. He hasn't started his ministry yet. He's still um, in, the, uh, in the carpenter's shop there in Nazareth. You can see there, can't he? He's been sawing some, some wood. Uh, you can see the saw and the, the wood's there on, on the workbench, isn't there? Uh, and Mary is there in the corner, sort of rummaging uh, through, the, through, the, through the boxes of things. Uh, it's the end of a, a long day. Jesus is reaching up to stretch, isn't he? And you can see, can't you, from the shadow what, uh, sort of, uh, he is, uh, what he's doing and how that uh, prefigures what he was going to do, and Mary's shock as she looks up and sees it. Now, of course, it never happens. It's only fictional. But it's a reminder for us of the truth of that presence that the wise men, the Magi, gave Jesus, that the shadow of death hung over him right from the very start. He came uh, to die. Uh, Jesus' death was not a tragic accident, Sometimes people have tried to say that. They've sort of implied that uh, he never intended it or that he was a sort of revolutionary figure who who never intended to die. He thought he could lead a revolution and become the king and overthrow the government. But that's not true. The Bible tells us that from the very start, Jesus knew that he had come to give his life on the cross. It wasn't an accident. He was in total control. In fact, he said, actually, that no one takes my life from me. Uh, He was always in complete control. He gave it voluntarily. Remember his uh, words to the disciples. He said, for the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And putting that together with the gift of frankincense, that explains for us how we can be welcomed back to God. The writer of the Hebrews tells us that it's only through the shedding of blood can there be forgiveness. All those uh, sacrifices that the, uh, the, old, uh, the Israelites had to do by the, with the priests were a reminder or a pointer to the Lord Jesus who would come and not only be the priest to give the sacrifice, but he would be the sacrifice himself. He died on the cross and it was through his blood shed on the cross that we can have access uh, to God. Uh, Jesus' death wasn't a tragic accident. Actually, it was the plan of God from before time began to make a way for you and for me, people who shouldn't have access to God, to have uh, that access. Uh, Myrrh reminds us of the cost of our rescue and the cost uh, to the Lord Jesus. Uh, It cost his own life. 
Well, those are the presents that uh, the wise men brought to Jesus. Uh, Gold, frankincense, and and myrrh. Uh, Gold for a king, frankincense for a priest. Uh, Myrrh for a saviour. But actually, if you read that story that we've got in front of us slightly more carefully, there's one other present that they give Jesus. And in many ways, this is the most important present of all. And you can see it in verses 10 and 11, can't you? When they saw the star, Matthew tells us, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. What was the most important present that they gave Jesus? They gave him uh, their heart. Their hearts in glad surrender to him as Lord and King. And I want to finish by asking us this morning if that's a presence that we have given or could give to the Lord Jesus. We can't give him gold, frankincense and myrrh. And I don't think actually that's really what he's looking for from us. But what we can, we give him. We give him our hearts. That's what he really wants from us. He wants hearts that are surrendered to him as Lord and Saviour. Uh, hearts that, that know the love that he has for us, the love that sent him to the cross, the love that caused him to come into the world in the first place. But he wants to be Lord of every area of our lives as well. And I want to finish by praying that that would be true for us, both individually and as a church family, that Jesus would be the Lord. That would be our response to the Lord Jesus inwardly, that we would bow down and worship him and give him the glory that he deserves this year and always. Let's stand, shall we, as a church, and we'll pray uh, along those lines. Lord Jesus, we do thank you for the example of these magi, these wise men, these kings, whoever they really were, coming from such a long distance to honour you as Lord and King. We thank you for the gifts that they brought and the symbolism that uh, they carry. And Lord Jesus, we thank you more than the symbolism. We thank you for the reality. We thank you that you are indeed God come to dwell with us, our our priest, our Messiah, our Saviour. And Lord, we do pray that we too would bow down and worship you in our hearts, that you would have the place that you deserve this year, that any area of our lives that's not consecrated to you, we would turn over to you, and that we would know the joy of having you reigning in our, in our lives as our loving King, our loving Priest, and our loving Saviour. For Jesus' sake. Amen.